This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 38. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. my people. Welcome back to the Relationship Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And today I'm stoked because I have a special guest, uh, Anastasia Frank, and she's going to talk about, and we're going to talk about together, you know, that you really can't have a great relationship until you have a great relationship with yourself, which you guys know I talk about a lot and I preach a lot. Uh, Anastasia is uh, based in New York City and she's a self-love and relationship coach. She works with uh, individuals and couples to build their most connected, joyful, and love-filled lives yet. That's what she writes. I love that. Um, She calls it her Abundant Love Program. And Anastasia works with clients to build radical levels of self-love as the foundation for creating these soul-satisfying and joyful partnerships and relationships. So she's just amazing. And Anastasia is, is a certified conscious uncoupling coach, and she's also a certified calling in the one coach. And she was personally trained by New York Times bestselling author, Catherine Woodward Thomas. And she's just amazing. So, uh, and she just produced the Healthy Love online show in which she interviews, gosh, 30 plus uh, sort of leading experts in the field of joyful, connected love. So yours truly was in the mix. And I was uh, one of the many people she interviewed along with uh, 
folks way more famous than me, uh, Dr. Rick Hansen, who I talk about a lot. I love him rewiring the brain. And uh, gosh, uh, Drs. Gay and Katie Hendricks, if you haven't read The Big Leap yet, you know, get out there and do it. Catherine Woodward Thomas, we just mentioned, Dr. Sue Johnson, Dr. Margaret Paul. There was tons of people on this. So uh, I'm really happy to have her here today. She's a wealth of knowledge. And without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Relationship Made Easy podcast. Today is a big day because I have the amazing Anastasia Frank with you today. And she is a self-love relationship coach. And I love her work because it dovetails so well with what I talk to you guys about all the time. So you are going to love this interview and and you've got to hang on to the end because there's a very special giveaway. I don't usually do these teasers, so give me a break. There's a really <laughs> is an amazing giveaway that Anastasia is willing to do for you all in my community, which I'm so grateful for. And you're going to hear about that at the end of the podcast. Uh, so we're going to jump in right now. Welcome, Anastasia. Thank you, Abby. It's wonderful to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, And for those of you who don't know, I was uh, a guest on Anastasia's Healthy Love Show, which I hope a lot of you have been a part of by now. Um, And I'll link in the show notes to how you can follow Anastasia and all that later. So, uh, but so I love talking to her. Our stuff just vibes so well together. And so, Anastasia, I want you to start with talking about what brought you to do this work. Like, how did this happen? Yes. Great question, Abby. (laughs) So the short answer is lots and lots of pain. Um, (laughs) Right. That we all probably who enter the healing work have experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, The short version is grew up with a very, very, very violent father, narcissist dad, who it was not his fault. That's what he had seen, you know, a child of two Holocaust survivors, just really intense experience in his life, had no real space to see feelings or needs of people around him. And so I kind of grew up thinking my role in life was to serve other people and to take care of them. And I became so good at knowing everyone else's needs so much so that I truly honestly can say I I had no idea what I felt. Like it was just not a question I even could answer if people were asking me. And I became super high achiever. I got into Princeton on a full scholarship. Like it made me driven, but there was this painful gnawing hole inside because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know that I deserved love yet. And so I was constantly chasing just approval and validation in all of the wrong places and left me single or in heartbreak for probably 15, 20 years, I'd say. Wow. So that's the short version of Man. how I got in. That is a um, lot of my, my community, I can tell you, are I, so many people right now relating just to that story and really? how they have felt and not understood their own needs and been giving too much. And yeah. So, okay. okay. And then how did you become this coach? Yeah. So I remember a night, so, you know, after Princeton, I was like, okay, I went, I worked in finance and that was 
just made lots of money, but my soul was dying. So I quit and everyone's like, you're so brave. I'm like, I have no choice. My soul <laughs> needs to get out of here. Yeah. I didn't know what for. So I went to NYU grad film, became a filmmaker. I edited films for seven years, met my beautiful husband, thank God. Um, and along that path, I basically made it my mission. I was in an editing suite like nighttime editing one night and I heard Catherine Woodward Thomas talking, I think uh, to Dr. Rick Hansen uh-huh. on an interview. And she shared her story about how she'd been single and wanting a child until she was 41. And I just remember the tears uncontrollably streaming down my face as I listened to her story because it was so close to my own. And I was making like, I don't know, $15,000 in New York City like, you know, like, (laughs) but she had this program to come learn how to, you know, master love. And so I don't know how I did it, but I somehow got myself in there. Wow. And that began this like 12 year, whatever journey Mm -hmm. of learning who I needed to become so that I could have a chance of having a healthy relationship for the first time in my life with myself and then with the beloved. Mm-hmm. So, that, oh. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so that, and then this coming to coach other people and creating your own way of being around all this, how, yeah. where, so the, all these pieces just built on each other and you, you thought I got to go do this. Yeah. So, you know, right after I got my MFA from Tish, I'm like, okay, I've got this MFA. I'm editing a lot. And I kept finding myself watching these these people, especially because you have to take these crappy reality television jobs sometimes between <laughs> the awesome documentaries that you're doing. Oh yeah. And I just remember going wanting to go into the screen and just help the people that we were making shows about and be like, this is what you're missing. You don't need to be fighting. And I'm like, oh shit, I have gotten a degree for no purpose. This is Oh no. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm either going to go become a therapist or become a coach. And so Mm -hmm. I went about interviewing all of the therapists I knew and all the coaches I knew. And I was like, are you happy? Because I learned my mistake in going to film school was I didn't ask anyone, are they happy on the other side? Oh yeah. And and a lot were not, they were so poor and so in debt. And so that was a good question to ask. And the coaches who I were, I happened to interview at that time were like, I love, and there's a lot of therapists who do this too, this like mm-hmm. intention focused work that's future focused. So it doesn't matter what your title is. It's just that appealed yep. to me. And I managed to get like the last spot in the conscious uncoupling training in Catherine's world. And I became one of her certified coaches. And the second I had a client to work with, I knew I was home because yeah they they couldn't stop thanking me and i was like what i would do this for free all day all the time like <laughs> and then it was off to the races oh that's so great um and i love the stuff you're dropping about the conscious uncoupling and things like that so i'll link to those in the show notes for people who are listening because uh, it's great information as always to have so all right so i love how you came to the work and here you are you've been doing this now for a bit and so what, tell me, we talked about uh, four pillars before, but so tell me yeah. what those are. Tell my group, my community, yeah. what those are and how you, you know, how you come to this. Totally. Okay. So I like to think about self-love, especially for today's conversation when I was like 
preparing for this. It's really about how do we become our own beloved? And the reason why this matters, Abby, is like in my own journey for calling in the one, and now that I'm coaching, I see this over and over again. Um, until we know and are our own true beloved, we cannot sustain any form of healthy love with a partner. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, um, most of us don't know how to do that. <laughs> so true. So true, right? Yeah. Um, and so I tend to attract a lot of really smart people who have no connection between their head and their heart or their intuition, which was me, right? So uh -huh. that makes sense. And so these are the four, this is what I'm, we're going to call the four pillars of becoming your own beloved. So, and we can, I'll come back to explain what they are in a second, but just to give an overview, uh, part one is becoming so profoundly willing to know, name, and act lovingly upon your feelings and needs and deepest desires, and to um, take responsibility for the false beliefs that are causing you pain over and over. So we'll come back into how to Ooh, do that. that. Okay. Yeah. Because that, I mean, we could do the whole show on that. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a foundational piece. So we'll come back. The second pillar is learning how to be at home in yourself. So, so, you know, so many of us are running around trying to fill up our lives with other people or work or drugs or you name yep. it. So how do we start to feel that we are home in ourselves so that our whoever encounters us has that sense of being home as well. Because for so many years, Abby, I was chasing that feeling of home in another person. Mm -hmm. And it was the worst feeling. It's like the most disempowering thing you can do to fail to see you are home. Oh. You are whole yeah. right now. You don't need anyone outside of you to validate or affirm the profound glory that is you. So, but it's a retraining of your thinking to get there, right? Well, and we're taught our whole lives, right? My better half, my other half. Yes. Uh, this whole idea, you know, he you complete me. me. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me throw up in my mouth a little. Uh, <laughs> but we are, and and that's how fairy tales are set up, and that's how movies are set up, and all everything is set up in this yes. way. Uh, even you know, I love to go out to eat alone. And it happens every time. They'll say, oh, just one. And <laughs> I think, just what? Wow. Wow. What's that about? And, I, and when I eat, and I love to go out to eat alone, and I don't read a book, and I don't look at my phone, and I people watch, and people end up usually talking to me, and I have great conversations. And yeah. uh, there's just a way of being, yeah, when you're you know, that's so great, but, it, but the messages are that there's something, there's something missing. Wrong. There's something missing. You're, mm -hmm. you're waiting for this other piece. And yeah, so I'm so with you there. And I think it's a huge problem. And I don't know if I shared with you before, but I do this little uh, graphic for people where, you know, 
the half plus a half is a whole, right? Uh-huh. You know, that idea. And uh-huh. I, I always tell them if, you, if you're in a relationship, you know, it's not a simple addition problem. It is exponential. Multiple. It's a multiplication problem. Right. And a half times a half is a quarter. Right. And you end up with less than what you started with when right. you are half a person in a relationship with another half a person. And yes. Only, right. And the only way, obviously, to have a whole, if it's a multiplication problem, is one times one. You know, yes. and that whole is really what attracts also another whole human, not a fixer upper, not a, mm-hmm. not someone who's really damaged themselves. Um, yep. So anyway, that dovetails so perfectly in what I teach. I love that. And actually what you just shared is such a great example of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and I, I want to just presence one, which is actually the third pillar here, which mm-hmm. is, um, going to tie back to the second so that we basically inhabit this space where we give ourselves permission to be and feel happy, joyful, and connected when we're alone. We give ourselves permission to feel as joyful when we're alone as when we're with anyone. Oh, I love it. Yes. And this was an epiphany was that I had been carrying for, you know, 30 years in my life, this un- understanding that you only get to be happy when you have that other half. Mm -hmm. And so I was squashing my joy unconsciously for decades. And this is what we do when we think we're only allowed to feel joy with someone else around us. Mm -hmm. So I... When, I, when this woke up in me after a really painful breakup where I'd expected this guy to kind of complete me and blah, 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 I was like, I have to learn to be happy alone with myself if I'm ever going to be that whole, like you said, not a half. <laughs> and, and this is true for everyone who's married, right? Like, think yes. about when you are sing, when you're alone, what does that bring up for you? Is it some some of you are going peace. Like I love it. I love it when my partner's away because it's calm. And some people are, are going makes me really anxious. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So for those of you who that's you, give yourself permission to own the truth that you have the power fully to feel as much joy as you want on your own. So what that looked like for me, Abby, was when I was single living in Brooklyn, I would fill uh, my water bottle carafe with some uh, like Trader Joe's wine, throw it in my backpack and, um, and uh, go to the, you know, bike to Coney Island from Sunset Park, oh, 45 yay. minutes with the New York Times. And, and I had, and I was shut off my phone. I'd practiced full on Sabbath. This was inspired by Wayne Muller's book, Sabbath. Sabbath. Yep. Yep. Because, until, right. It's so beautiful. And so, you know, I'd sit by the beach and rather than in the past, making up a story that, that, that made me a loser, I was like, no, this is what love is like. This is where I want to be. I'm like, friends, if you want to be with me, come meet me at Coney Island. I will be by pier, whatever. And slowly over like months, I came to savor that day as the best day of my week. It was so amazing. And then that day now persists into my marriage. So when I met Eric, my husband, I'm like, okay, you want to come over and Saturday, that's fine. My phone's going to be off. So you're going to have to come wherever I'm located. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. um, and he did. And we still sell, you know, everything gets shut down in our home for the mm-hmm. Sabbath. So we can simply 
treasure what is in ourselves and each other. So it's such a foundational practice. Oh, it's Um, so great. And for those of you who aren't Jewish out there and hear the word Sabbath, you might be thinking of Black Sabbath. Who knows? You know, if you like heavy metal, but um, (laughs) because it is, it's a really, um, it's something you don't have to be Jewish to do this. And I think it's a great practice. And yeah, this book is great. And I will link to it in the show notes. But uh, Anastasia, why don't you talk about what you mean by Sabbath and what that is for you? Okay, yes. And so to be clear, I am half Jewish and I was not raised really Jewish by my dad. But, um, you know, that actually, that book came into my sphere because I remember being on a call with Catherine once and I said, Catherine, all of this stuff that we'll come back to from Pillar One sounds great, but what do you do if you're a busy human? How do you like own, you know, your feelings and needs when you're a busy working woman, which I was, I was like a crazy exhausting film editor. She's like, this is a really great question, Anastasia. And it boils down to having enough space to connect with yourself and to be conscious about the space that you're creating. So if you're not yet in that place, I invite you listeners to think about where might I create space whose entire purpose is to celebrate all that I have. And rather than looking for the lack, which like commercials and society is constantly focusing, you know, us to do, look around at your cabinet full of food and the flowers outside your window and this body that you can touch that's so soft and warm and moves you from place to place. You know, savor, slow down and at first, this terrified me so much because I was so uncomfortable in my heart that like I could only do an hour or two. But after I got it and I cried the tears of like the judgment internally, like you're a loser for needing this. And I'm like, no, I'm actually so empowered for doing this. Yeah, I was like, there was nowhere else I wanted to be because instead of worrying about why isn't my phone ringing or why isn't my husband calling me or a boyfriend, I'm just here. And I have everything. So it's just a conscious space where you set aside external demands and you let yourself just revel in the abundance that is all around you. Um, I could, we could do a whole show on Sabbath. My God. It's so true. (laughs) It, it, It is this practice. So when I just shared about going out to dinner alone, that's the same thing where I am just with myself. I am allowing people in the space or not. And I just, I I think people, I know a lot of people listening think, oh, I have to meditate or I have to pray or whatever that is. And so for those of you who have trouble with any of those things, I really encourage you to just even take five minutes somewhere, go for a walk, at lunch at work, however you want to do that, to just be with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's been studies out of uh, University of Michigan, uh, and they've been replicated, showing that people would actually rather be shocked with an electric shock. It's a mild electric shock, but still, than to sit quietly. Wow. So it's, a wow. Cra- it's crazy, right? So wow. these studies, sh- and, and men, you guys are a little worse at this than women. Uh, you, wow. you, you are a little higher on that scale of who will be shocked. But when you think of that, it's so crazy to say it out loud. I know. And that sitting with yourself and being quiet and having a moment 
is uh, can feel really overwhelming and you're not alone yes. if you're listening and you think, oh my gosh, I don't even know. And my mind goes crazy and I start being all in these places. And of course you do in the beginning because it's a practice. Yes. You do it more and more you get better and better at it. I wouldn't expect yes. you to go out and play tennis and be awesome the first time you tried it. Of course not. Right. You, you would go and keep doing it and it starts to become second nature and it's, yes. you start to get really good and you start to get all the benefits. But in the beginning, sometimes it's a little tough. <laughs> totally. But I love that idea of everyone, if everybody here just listening just took a little bit and took their own little Sabbath and whatever you want to call it. Yep. And really, I, and I love what you did. You went to a place that has meaning for you or that felt good. You brought your little wine. I love it. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be in a Lotus position, uh, you know, oming that that's not right. what it needs to be. Uh, right. so just a reminder to everybody about that. So I love that. I'm sorry. So keep going. I, just, oh, no. I think it's so brilliant. No, and I love I love your example of being at a restaurant alone by yourself. It's like the the goal is simply to appreciate all that is and to remember that you you possess the power to feel joy and ease and grace and connection even when you're alone. So then yeah. when your partner is with you, it's just like icing cuz you're so That's dialed great. in. Oh, um, I love it. It's like, also yeah, like me. really helping. Sorry, I'm interrupting, but no, I'm thinking please. it really helps because I think a lot of people expect their partner to make them happy also. Exactly. And right. So looking yep. at your partner as who should be quote unquote making you happy and what you're talking about is so, so important that you have to be happy with you. Yes. Period. End of story. It's not your yes. partner's job to make you happy. It's not, yes. it's not an outside job. It's an inside job to be yes. trite, but it's the truth. Uh, yes. So yeah, that's what you're talking about also, right? Totally. Totally. 100%. That is exactly what we're talking about. It's like everyone listening, you have 100% permission to feel awesome on your own. Yeah. And then you get to feel extra awesome with your partner. But it starts, but are you willing to let yourself feel awesome on your own? Yeah. And, and like to your point, it's building a muscle. That's a discovery journey. So I remember, you know, to this like third pillar, like permission, full permission to go full throttle. Anything you desire to be doing, you go do. So I had this story in my head. For, here's an example. I really wanted to go island camping because I'd had a horrible experience going with my, uh, I won't say who, but let's just say there was someone else, someone else. And it was not a fun time, but I'm like, this could be so great. Here we are in like Saranac Lake. There's islands. You can spend a week there just in nature. That's my love. So, but I was in my head saying, I can only have that when the right partner is here. And then one day I, I was inhabiting this. I'm like, screw it. I'm from New York City. I don't know how to camp, but I'm going to freaking buy a tent. I'm going to Google what you need to, to camp. I'm inviting my, my six-year-old mom with me because she's available. And like, this is how magnetic you become when you wake up to your ability to do this, that I had all my bags packed and I was at this editing suite where I was working. And for the first time I had been seeing Eric across the hall, getting, you know, the shivers of delight when I saw him for months now and I'm packed where I go, I'd like forgotten about him. I'm like, whatever, he takes too long. And, <laughs> and he finally comes up and he goes, 
you look so amazing. Where are you going now? And I was like, I'm going camp. I'm going island camping. He's like, oh my God, could you send me a picture of your happy place? And I was like, that would require you asking me for my phone number. (laughs) (laughs) And here we go. (laughs) Yes. And he, and that's a whole other story, but on that island, of course, because you're so in your power, when you yeah. realize you have the ability to be joy with whoever you're with, I find myself on an island with two single dads and their kids who start fighting over me. It was just psychotic. Oh, it's great. But, so, and if you're in partnership, same dealio, y'all. What brings you joy? Are you willing to find out and start living that so your partnership can explode in passion? Right? Yes. And not blaming your partner for why you can't do it. Because I yes. do hear that from you guys sometimes. Well, I can't do <laughs> this because I have to leave the kids with my partner and they don't want to keep them and da-da-da. It's the blaming and the getting into victim mode is never going to work. And, yes. and, and yes, you're not powerful because the control is with your partner at that point instead exactly. of in you to be happy. So exactly. yes, and obviously I, would, I wouldn't want people to go, well, F you, I'm going camping, I don't care. Right. Right. I want you to do it with love yeah, and do it with the full heart of, and that, because that's truly what Anastasia is talking about here is yeah. do it from a very loving, open place, yeah. not a punishing, angry place. Totally. So it's no one's fault if you haven't done it before. It's okay. You don't have to yeah. blame yourself. Just now you can. Now you could, what could that look like? And really opening up the possibilities Mm -hmm. and not feeling hampered is so great. Love what you're saying. Yeah. And to that point too, like my, one of my favorite questions these days is what would bring me the most joy now? What would bring me the most joy now? And so yet, like yesterday, I got this desire to, I'm like, God, I could really use a hot tub and some sauna and Korean food. So, you know, I'm like, I mentioned to Eric, he seemed like, huh, well, and then I just researched it. I'm like, well, babe, he look, I just found two spots. I'm like, you want to come? And he's like, okay. <laughs> so Love it. you can bring people onto your pleasure train. Right. Just, you have to build the train. Like, yes. <laughs> That's great. So love it. Yeah. And then like the fourth pillar is really just about um, creating profound levels of self-trust within yourself. Ooh. So this is a new thing. And this idea, you know, was really introduced to me explicitly by David Nagel. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, are you your word? And so this is another really big part of self-love because if we are violating our promises to ourselves, we create this dis-ease within where we don't think we can do what we want. So are we willing to truly be our word? And to be honest, Abby, for many years, I was not. Yeah, I had holes all over my life where I over inside of people pleasing would overcommit and then disappoint. Mm-hmm. And it was painful. So can you can you become your word and yeah. really only say yes to those things you're definitely going to do and just watch what that opens up for you in terms of your self-worth and your power mm-hmm. and what what is possible then becomes limitless so 
that had to get named. It's, it seems Great. obvious, but it's not. <laughs> no. And I think we do it all the time with uh, the thing I hear a lot, you know, someone will say, I'm going to start working, working out. Right. And then that doesn't happen. Or right. I'm, I'm going to eat this certain way. It doesn't happen. And right. I think it happens in a lot of very small ways that people don't always connect to. Right? Yes. Like we think of keeping our word. Oh, I said I would be there at eight o'clock and I'm there at eight o'clock. So I keep my word. That's great and true. Yeah. And what else are you saying you're going to do or whatever that doesn't happen? Yes. And these horrifying to-do lists that people have every day that right. don't happen. I always right. tell people that to-do lists eat your soul because uh -huh. they do. Because there's when you just have that long list, there's, you never get through it all. So every day yep. you end up feeling like you didn't keep your word to yourself. Yeah. Even though there was no way you could have possibly done it anyway. And, uh, totally. and I have we're not going to get into it now, but I have other ways to deal with to-do lists. But, um, and those of you who follow <laughs> me know, uh, yeah. So, uh, but there's a real way that that's why it's so important. Our words have so much power and mostly though to ourselves, as we keep yes. breaking those commitments to ourselves, our self-esteem gets lower and lower yes. and then it becomes easier to break other commitments to ourselves. Yes. So it, it just, it's, it's like the slippery, horrible slope. And so yes. everyone listening just today thought, what am I saying I'll do? And just stop saying you're going to do something if you're really not ready to do it. It's okay yep. not to go to the gym. It's really yep. okay. Yeah. <laughs> just don't keep saying you're gonna. Just yeah. leave it for now. Maybe put, yeah. it on a, put it on your calendar to think about in June. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But right this minute, it's not happening. What am I doing? And start small and build yeah. your way up. When, when, so if, if clients are laughing right now because a lot of them will say to me, oh, I'm going to join the gym, Abby. And I say, no, you're not allowed. And they'll <laughs> say, what do you, I'm not allowed. Like, what do you mean I'm not allowed? I'm like, nope, don't, no joining the gym. First of all, it's so big. Your brain doesn't even know what to do with it. But I'll say to them, <laughs> instead of joining a gym, I'll tell you what, you can do that later if you start walking 10 minutes a day after dinner. Like right. every day you go for a walk after dinner. If you do that for one month, come back and we'll talk about you being able to join a gym. Like, right. like I can really control that. But anyway, and, well, no. but right, starting where you start. Yeah. And the, the best way I heard this worded was by David Nagel. And he said, you know, set a goal that you know you're going to work towards. Yeah. So if, if that means like 10 minutes of walking. Yep make that goal 10 minutes of walking and then, you know, you grow it from there. Don't say you're going to run in the rain. Like, exactly. Right. So right. Or do a, whatever, a marathon. Yeah. A marathon. Yeah. Yep. I love so, it. So love those that. are the four pillars. And then if These it would help, I, I really think it would serve people to go back to the first one because okay. this is where it's all juicy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and repeat that again, repeat that first pillar sure. again. So this first pillar is basically becoming the master of knowing, naming, and lovingly responding to your most authentic feelings and needs, literally in every moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, and I'm slowing down the pace here wasn't even intentional, but because my heart and soul know that this was the intervention that changed my life and made it possible for me to have lasting love. So I want everyone listening to know this practice because it's so critical. And um, I'll just name that my one of my most important mentors is Mark, Dr. Margaret Paul, mm-hmm. who has the book Inner Bonding. Yep. And so... I consider that like the holy grail of how do we actually love ourselves like in terms of owning our feelings and needs piece of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, before I dive into that, I just want to start by saying the biggest change that I made, Abby, that helped me in my relationships was simply just asking yourself this question once a day, being willing to ask yourself this question what am I feeling honestly in this moment? And you, you guys can go ahead and do that right now. And you want to be like, maybe breathe into your heart to soften it. Cause a lot of us are carrying the voice of our unloving parent in our brain. That was certainly me. So when I started doing this, the question sounded a little bit like, okay, what are you feeling? (laughs) I don't really care, but I'm going to do it. So just notice the tenor. And see mm-hmm. if you can That's invite good. a loving version of that in. And so what am I, what am I feeling? So I'm feeling hungry, you know, you might hear. And then you mirror that back because, you know, and Catherine Woodward Thomas has talked about this too. When we mirror back our feelings to ourselves, it automatically lessens the charge. Mm. So I'm feeling rejected because my husband just left out the door without telling me when he's coming back. I'm feeling abandoned, terrified, and hopeless that this will never change. You name though, you break it down, slow it down. I can see that you're feeling, this is to yourself, abandoned, hopeless, um, and whatever else is coming up. And then this is the, this is the simplified version, okay? And then what, what are you needing? At first, you'll probably hear things like, I need pad thai. <laughs> Either you'll hear nothing because your intuitive center, or some people call it your inner child, doesn't trust you. Like for me, I had never cared about myself in that way <laughs> before. So when I wow. started talking to my inner intuitive self, literally she said nothing and then eventually was like, fuck you, honestly. Can I say that? Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was like, She was like, you know... Like I literally saw an image of myself as an eight-year-old with her back to me. Like, where the hell have you been? Like, for all these years, you know, because I truly hadn't. I'd, I'd give her up to the postman who needed tax advice. 
If I needed to pee, I would not pee because he needed tax advice. I mean, it was so psychotic. Um, So what do you need? And then notice like all the, the different things that are going on. Like I need pad thai and I need love. And maybe your inner child or your intuitive center is going to say like, I need love from someone else or from my husband or whatever, but just notice I need love. And then you can, from your heart, first you mirror back. I can see that you're needing love and, and that, um, you need, you need, she might say, or he might say, I need him to come back right now. And then underneath that, you can get curious, like what, why, why is that mm-hmm. so important? It's like, cause I need to know that we're not going to be abandoned here, mm-hmm. you know? And then you can see all of these fears that we're having about our partner's behavior are actually usually fears about what we're going to do to us. That's where the pain happens. So if she's afraid of abandonment, she's really afraid that you are going to abandon you if he leaves. Wow. So this is where this shit gets, excuse me, get very real. So when I did get married, you know, and we had our first conflicts and I, I'd never seen healthy love. So I didn't know how you handle conflict. It was like, I would be in the the shower and I would just be like having my hand on my heart and just saying to myself, no matter what happens here, yes, this is really terrifying. It's super scary because we have the best love of our life and, and we're having a fight and, and I'm not going anywhere. I am here for you. Even if, even if the worst thing happens that we can imagine where this ends, I am going to love you. You're, you matter. And I would cry in the bathtub. And then I knew it, in that space in my heart, I was not going to abandon myself again mm-hmm. for the first time ever. And invariably, Abby, what would happen with that level of presence? I'd get a text message or a call. or <laughs> You know, he would come back. It's like all minds are joined. So yeah. the moment we're willing to love ourselves, even especially when someone else isn't, it's like, it's the ultimate invitation for healing and return with your beloved. Mm. So I'll pause there in case oh. I'm just overwhelmed. No, it's so great. I, I do, because th- I, I believe that's what's at the corner or the bottom of everything. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of abandoning ourselves. I hear things like, um, even things like, uh, if I start crying, I'll never stop. Or when I get angry, I lose it. There's this language that people have that they're not in charge of themselves. Right. And that somehow feeling feelings is going to be a tidal wave, is going to take them over. And some people do get what we call flooding, where the feelings feel like a little too much. Uh, And most of us, however, just feel. And having and but then we start attaching words like it's to this it's to that you know t-o-o yes and it's not it just is but when we get afraid of our feelings that Mm -hmm. makes us afraid of ourselves Mm -hmm. and then we don't know what really drives us and then we don't know why we're really motivated the way we are and that's when I hear people say I don't know what happened we just started fighting or Mm -hmm. I just see red when blah 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 or, right. And these ideas that we are driven by something we're not in control of. And yes. everyone who's listening is absolutely positively in control mm-hmm. on some level mm-hmm. of what they're feeling, thinking, saying, doing. 
Yes. So how do you get back to that? And what, on, what you're talking about to me is these ways to start to really feel, keeping your commitments with yourself, really knowing your feelings. These are the ways we really, really get to know ourselves and feel and trust ourselves and truly trust who we are so that we can trust other people. Yes. So trust our partners, truly. Yes. And not be living in fear, but be living in that love state, which I talk about all the time. So yes. what you're saying totally resonates. Okay. Amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yes. It's amazing. I love it. It's and this so is, great. This is the ultimate, to your point, Abby, like this is until we start this as a practice, as a regular practice, some form of it. And that's for, honestly for two years, that's all I did every morning. What am I feeling? What am I needing? Three times, mirror it back to, to myself. Mm-hmm. Did not even like follow that up necessarily with an Sometimes I would follow up with an action, but just that. And that was breakthrough because then on a date or yeah. you know, with the fight, you could say what was going on. Then I'll, I'll just name the, the PhD version of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, just really quickly because this is important. So, you know, I think that the model from Margaret Paul is phenomenal. And that has to do with, first of all, are we willing, like you said, to be responsible for what we're feeling? Because to your point, Abby, we are always in charge of of how we are feeling in a certain situation. And there's a beautiful distinction here around core feelings like Mm -hmm. grief or like over the death of someone you love or helplessness over how maybe your son is experiencing life right now. These are things you can't control that causes pain that any human that's born will feel. Yeah. Um, heartbreak is just a core feeling that is human and inevitable. And there's only like a handful of them. All the other feelings are simply blankets that we put on top of those core feelings to avoid feeling them. Yeah. So what we want to do is number one, be willing to feel our feelings. And I just want to say right here, Abby, to your point, sometimes for people who do get flooded, I certainly did. I had, I had, I was like, if there's a God, he hates me and wants me to die because my life was so hard for so long. So until this was became part of my world, it was like, you know, so getting help, if you know that you're a flooded person, get help. Hire someone to do this with you. That's what I did, you know, so that you learn it actually can be safe. So whatever you need to do, don't wait. Take action today. And whether that is after this, going and doing this or finding someone to work with, but like get that in motion. Mm -hmm. And so then, okay. So number one, we become willing to feel our pain and take responsibility for what we're feeling. Number two, we go into the intention to learn. And we're talking about inner bonding here, just to be totally clear. This is what we're talking about. Um, And the intention to learn is like, what am I doing that's causing my anger, my rage, my depression, right? What am I doing? Because we always are asking, what is he doing that's causing my depression? Yep. And, And so an example could be, 
well, just before this call, right, you know, my husband ran in because our pipe just broke and there's a mess to clean up. <laughs> and I can see that he's really angry about that. And there's nothing that can be done in this moment. <laughs> nope. But, but um, like in the past, I would have taken responsibility for that as opposed yeah. to just seeing like, okay, that's just what's happening. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I will go clean it up afterwards. Right. But it, it's like, it's not my job to control how he feels. So the intention yeah. to learn is as opposed to the intention to control or protect, yeah. which is what most of us do. Mm. Um, and then we begin to dialogue with ourselves. So we become, you know, our loving adult when we move in into the intention to learn, what am I doing that's causing my feelings? And so an example could be, um, I don't know, that same example, he stormed off and I'm feeling like shit. Most of us go, oh, that's his fault. He stormed off, he's such a shitty partner. Right. Um, as opposed to going, what am, I, what am I telling us that's making us feel like this? And it's usually something like, you're worthless and you deserve for him to be walk, walking away. Oy. Right? Like you yeah. name the belief that you, a wounded part of you is, is putting onto you that's causing your suffering. It's never something outside. Hmm. Even if it, I mean, yes, people can attempt to harm us, but if we don't accept their judgments of us, we're impenetrable. If we stay yeah. in love, there's nothing they can do. Yeah. I'm going to pause because that's Great. a lot. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. I love it. I, th I think it's so, what you're talking about is just, again, so important not to take on other people's feelings. I hear yes. people say, oh, I was in a great mood, but then my partner came home in a bad mood. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. why did that change your mood? Yeah. It doesn't have to. And so that's the piece. It doesn't have to. It's not no. a definite that their no. mood affects our mood, uh, or that you're supposed to fix it in any way. Yeah. And those are the pieces when you're in a, long, in a relationship of any length that I think get in the way the most. We yes. get so attached to other people's feelings. And I, I do think women do this especially uh, yes. in how we're socialized. Yes. And, you know, right? So in the cave, yes. if people <laughs> weren't, didn't like us and didn't pay attention, we weren't going to get food for God's sakes, you know, yes. there, there's a way that that's really part of Wired. our DNA and it's not how we need to live today. Exactly. You know, we can, we can do that differently, but yeah. all that fear of what's going to happen if I get, you know, divorced or if I'm on my mm -hmm. own or if I'm whatever, all that fear sort of overrides and we start to try to control and yes. I say, especially from how many people downloaded my podcast recently about control, that that's a huge issue. You know, yes. just really getting their controlling nature. Yes. But really remember that it comes from this fear and you have to sort of name that first to get in front of it. Oh my God. So what you just said is so gold because the control piece is <clears throat> how we all are operating until we decide to move into the intention to learn. Yeah. It's either or. You're either in, and this is so key, in a given moment, what to pause and notice, what intention am I inside of? Am I in the intention to learn or am I in the intention to control? And some people might not be going, well, what does that mean, the intention to control? Here are some examples. I'm going to 
I'm going to love him so hard that he stays. Yep. I'm going to be the best partner ever so that like, I'm going to give to get love and then he'll stay. That's my safety. Yep. That doesn't work. (laughs) Right. No. Or or I'm going to make him feel so shitty about himself or herself that, that she like never leaves to keep her nearby. That's a more obvious one. Mm-hmm. But the ways that control shows their face, it, its face is subtle. It's yeah. usually, it's like you withhold. Yep. They say, hey, honey, I love you. And you say nothing because mm-hmm. you want them to get that you're hurt and to fix it. Yes. That's control, right? So, you know, yep. the, this so is saying what's true. Yes. I'm really hurt right now. I'm having a really hard time being loving. <laughs> and let's have that conversation. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's, it's then, very much like a telephone game. I always think about when I was growing up with my siblings, you know, if I wanted one sibling to know something, I would, you know, I could tell my sister and then I would know, get back to my, one of my brothers, you know, yes. there's a way that we learn, I think a lot of our lives to, it's why people gossip. They don't say the thing to the person. They instead talk to someone else about it. Right. I, it's a constant real thing that's actually sadly very uh, reinforced in our worlds. Yes. To not go right up to someone and say the thing. And a lot of times that's also because we don't even know what we're feeling. We yep. don't even, later on we realize what <laughs> we just, you know, we have this reaction. We don't, I, and I'll have people very upset in my office and literally raising their voices, and I'll say, wow, this is bringing up a lot of anger, and I'll have someone go, I'm not angry. <laughs> Very angry tone, or, and because we really don't get it. We're yeah. so used to being uh, separated from our feelings, and definitely from our true feelings. Oh my so that God. The only things we can sometimes even identify are anger, and I call that like a top feeling, right? Exactly. It's a mask you know, feeling. It's just a, one of those masks you talk about exactly. Yep. Or like a depression or anxiety, like those seem to be the three that people can kind of get. And then the rest is something else. So getting better at this, what you're talking about to me is a practice to help you start to get better at really knowing how you do feel. Absolutely. So that you can change. Yeah. And even like more deeply than the feeling, it's like, what is the belief that I am that a wounded part of me from many years ago is holding and is trash talking unconsciously to myself that's causing the feeling. So to your example, like I'm angry about something that just occurred. I worked with a couple like a month ago that was having this happen and she was so angry about her husband not fixing the drawer. Mm. So we did this process together and I was like, okay, So what is a part of you making it mean that he hasn't fixed the drawer for you? And it took her a while to get to it, but it was like, oh, well, it means he doesn't love me or care about our children because like her mom had always gone ballistic on her dad if he didn't do every, literally everything that she demanded. Wow. It was like over. So that was the model in her mind. And so we were like, okay. And so here's the, the rest of the process. Let's take that idea up to your guidance and let's ask what's really true. Mm. So I had her bring it. And this is the process of, that we're, we're inside of. Mm-hmm. The fourth step is what is really true about this idea 
that when my husband doesn't fix a drawer, he doesn't love me or the children. Yeah. And then you listen for the answer from your guidance, from your higher self. Mm -hmm. And what she heard was, oh, that's not true at all. He's insanely busy with work and he has no bandwidth to fix the drawer. And he's been loving all week long. He took them out to soccer practice. And the only thing that's going on here is I'm judging him the way my mom used to judge my dad. And so what's the loving action here, which is the fifth step? Because all of this is just esoteric until we take action on what we've discovered. So what the loving action was, was for her to stop judging him as a failure in her marriage when he didn't do every little thing that she thought needed to happen in like 24 hours. Yeah. And she redefined love between them as a sharing of affection and news and joy, as opposed to the to-do list getting handed off as the condition to love him. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And I actually think there's so many people right now listening going, oh, I do that. I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I hear that all the time. You know, uh, there, this idea that the other person isn't doing something specific. Right. And that having this huge meaning Right. That then informs other things instead of, yeah, stepping back from it and thinking, why does it have to mean that? You know, I, right. he thinks I'm the maid. That's why I have to pick up right. his, he leaves his sock on the floor. It's like, I, I don't know that that's true. You know, right. from A to B, I don't really know that that was a line or not. Exactly. So what else? And I always say to people, well, what else could be true? Could what be, else could be true? Not what yeah. else is true. What else? Could be true. Could be oh, true. Notice the sock or yes. his mom. Yeah. His mom always picked up the socks. So he doesn't yeah. really think about socks or he doesn't uh, know else? that matters to you because exactly. you've never named it. You've never yeah. actually, I see it. I was like, did you tell him? And she's like, no. I'm like, well, how can he know? Because <laughs> we're supposed to read minds, you know, right. supposed to be, right. I know what he's, I know what he's going to say. So I'm not going to say anything. I hear that stuff. It's like, oh no, sweetie, nobody can yeah. read your mind. That's, that's not, and you can't read theirs. No. Yeah. So so getting out of that. And I'm, I'm getting this hit right now, Abby, to, to name something, which is really important about this, this work, because we've been talking about our partners a lot, but these, these incorrect meanings that we've made that are usually based in some kind of childhood wounding, but it could just be even more recent. Um, they're three, they're three dimensional. So if we're experiencing that with a partner, yes, that might trigger us more, but we're also going to experience that same thing with a friend or a colleague. Good point. So yep. for everyone listening, just like notice that when we, when we, when we raise these, these beliefs up to our guidance, like what's true about this idea, we're actually healing our core self so that we won't be triggered again by our colleague or our friend or our mom. Like, and some of the most, powerful breakthroughs I've seen are when someone then like, and the loving action piece of this is so important. So like another client had been abused by her mom for years verbally, and she still was like, had her in her sphere. And, and finally we came to this, she thought she deserved it, right? This was just all oh. she knew. And finally she, one day after this work, she was like, I don't deserve to be treated like this. And what she asked her guidance, what is the loving action here? And it's like, she had to tell her mom, I'm no longer available to be put down 
in any form, in publicly or privately, I want to be in a relationship with you. Are you available to a form of this where we talk lovingly to each other? Wow. And the, the mom like slipped up twice and went into criticizing her hair. And, and she's like, I, you're going to have to get out of the car. Like there's got to be a Perfect. consequence. Like, right. or I'm going to drop you off at your home and we're not going to have lunch on Sunday. Like, there, so when you discover there's something that's out of integrity that you need to clean up through this process, mm-hmm. you take the action. And then all of a sudden she was available to love like a partner because yeah. she was not someone who someone could walk all over and abuse. Does that make sense? Yeah, she took herself out of being a victim. Right. And so it was consistent with boundaries. Right. And, and that translates everywhere. It does. Right? Yeah. That's it why it's so important to have this great relationship with ourselves because it shows up in every relationship, not just with our partners. So, yes. So true. And on that note, I'm going to wrap up because it's so <laughs> such a beautiful note to wrap up on. And I promised everybody uh, this, this little wonderful uh, thing. So I'm going to say two things about Anastasia. So one is I'll link to where you can follow her on, you know, Facebook and all that good stuff in the show notes. And she has a great, uh, there's an ebook she has, The 10 Practices to Reclaim Your Power, Build Your Self-Love, and Start Kicking Ass in a Major Way. So we'll link to that. But the wonderful, incredible, generous thing that Anastasia is going to do is that the first three people that contact her, and I will leave that again in the show notes, Mm -hmm. uh, she's going to do a free breakthrough to self-love session. So if you are struggling in this area, you want to contact her. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, this is such a generous, thank you so much, uh, wonderful thing Mm -hmm. to offer. And so, and we get to pass this on to you who are listening. Definitely uh, go to the show notes. You're going to email her and uh, hopefully be one of these first three to get this incredible session. And thank you so much for being on the podcast, Anastasia. It was wonderful. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me, Abby. What a joy. I love you and I thank love you, you for too. your work in the world. Yes. Yay. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.